Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. Jesus Christ has given you and given me the gift of a human body. Now in time and space, in the three dimensions of time, the human body is what we see in one another. And if it wasn't for the human body, we could communicate with each other through our souls, but we cannot because of the human body. Meaning, the moment we die, when the soul leaves the body, we can see each other's soul. But it's immaterial. It is not physical matter. So you can see how the psychic energy that is in every man and every woman Every unsafe person has psychic energy. This psychic energy is either regulated by morality. Now remember, morality comes in five forms. The first form is a morality that establishes freedom, a right to privacy, a right to property in divine establishment. It is an excellent kind of morality, but it doesn't save us. The second kind of morality, it produces self-righteousness. And the third kind of morality is relative morality. You do things I don't do. I'm more moral than you are, so get with it. It's a negative indifference. The fourth kind of morality is legalism, when the preacher gets up and legislates righteousness. And the fifth kind of morality is spiritual morality. It has to do with grace, mercy, and love. God forgave me. It is only spiritually moral that I forgive you. God has wiped away my sins and holds nothing against me. It is only spiritually moral that I do the same for you through the Spirit. Spiritual morality is what the fruit of the Holy Spirit produces. As our body becomes the instrument of God's righteousness instead of an instrument of the old sin nature. So, at the Beamer Seat of Jesus Christ, someday in the very near future, every person that's listening to this tape, and this tape will go in parts of all the world, will have to have their body judged at the Beamer Seat. Their somatas. Your body. And it'll be judged for the things that were done by divine good. Divine good is the mercy of God's grace flowing through your soul in the streams of living water and out of your emotion flows the Holy Spirit. Divine good is detached from human good. Human good is rejected by God just like self-righteousness is rejected by God. Human good may satisfy you but it does not satisfy God. Divine good is unconditional love. Human good is conditional love. Divine good is mercy rejoicing against judgment. Human good is eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Divine good is forgiveness that forgets. Human good is forgiveness that does not forget. Human good is works of the flesh. Divine good is the work of the Spirit. So divine good is the only thing that Jesus Christ will accept resident and residual in the process of reproduction in my human body. All human good will be brought into judgment. And if it's human good, 
I will suffer loss of rewards forever. I've been over here preaching up 45 hours of research and 10 messages. I put, I put in 45 hours for 10 messages morning and noon. It's all on tape. 45 hours. 10 messages. So that I can prepare your body with your heart and mind that controls your body. Behind your body is your heart. Behind your body is your mind, your conscience, your self-consciousness, your volition. Behind your body is the, what is resident in your body, your human soul. And your body will behave according to the soul and its production of information and its direction and its psychic energies. Now, when the psychic energy is defective, now, what does it mean to have the normal flow of psychic energy and have it become defective? It means poison from your subconscious mind. Garbage comes into the psychic energy and defects it. It becomes defective. And you're going to feel a little negative, withdrawn, moody at your job, weird around your friends. You become paranoid irritable with suspicion, irritated by their very countenance. And if you're a Christian, God will beautifully warn you through his preacher, and spirit-filled believers, without knowing it, will be obnoxious to you. But they're not even going to be obnoxious, but just being spiritual and kind will become obnoxious to you. And God will give you four warnings over a long period of time, He'll warn you through the messages again and again. Then he'll take you into discipline. That can be over a period of years because of mercy, love, and grace. But Christians who are right to God will be very obnoxious and you will react into negative cycles through defective psychic energy that's poisoning your conscience bringing negative influence in your soul and vibrations that bring in a tremendous wrong power into your mind by, by way of your heart. We quoted from a psychiatrist from Harvard today who made some tremendous statements. Now, quote from him. The tape will give you his name. He's a member of the medical school, and he's a psychiatrist in Harvard, and he said, for 25 years, America has changed her values from spiritual values to materialistic values. And that's her problem today. The values have changed from spiritual values to materialistic values. And therefore... This nation, he said, is in moral chaos, moral confusion, and he said they repudiate the Judeo-Christian truth. And he said until we get back to the Judeo-Christian truth, we will never win America back to spiritual reality. I'm going to go to Habit to see him and hear what I'm teaching, only not quite as well, of course. I'm only joking. Now, now what is this judgment seat, Bema seat judgment? Number one, it is for born-again believers only. 
those that have been blood-bought, accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior in a personal way. Number two, we will face God and He will be judging the things done in our bodies. If you poisoned your body with drugs, you can be forgiven and restored completely and it will be totally forgiven. But if you don't make it right, you'll enter into the five principles of discipline through a period of years. You can expose your body to stress, to worry, to anxiety, to fear, and let that become your garbage disposal unit. Or you can be a Christian that loves God and receives life and love and obeys God and implements truth by grace through faith because it's absolute truth and because you have the integrity of divine reality. The Bible says discipline yourself in spirituality. It doesn't say godliness. The original says spirituality according to the professor in Heidelberg and I totally agree with his interpretation of the Greek on godliness. It's spirituality. And to control with psychic energy that is derived from eternal life, this psychic energy, free of poison, totally free of garbage, totally free from the past, and that is why in Romans 8.38 Paul would not mention the past. He mentioned the present, he mentioned the future, but he would not mention the past, because the past always means garbage of some kind, in some form, to poison your capacity for your spiritual life. So God says, okay, now you're, you're forgiven, and you're in a perfect position in heaven, but now I have to judge you for the things good or bad. Now here's the bad, kakos. One of four forms of evil, bad here speaks of intrinsic infection. Now, how did you get intrinsic infection in your body? Through psychic energy that's being poisoned from your subconscious mind. Through garbage. Can I say this? A born-again Christian that's had a terrible past, you never look at him as a victim. You don't look at the alcoholic as an alcoholic when he's been delivered. He's a new creature in Christ. And he glories in his victory. He glories in Christ. He doesn't be, he's not to be reminded of the garbage once it's been dealt with by Calvary. That is the world's way of keeping their foot in your conscious doors. So your identification is, oh, I am still an alcoholic, although I haven't had a drink for ten years. Oh, shut up. You're not either, you knucklehead. Get out of those places. I thank God that they help people, but I mean, when you... There's such a thing as advancing, advancing way beyond that stuff. That's okay at, at certain points, and I'm not against it, if it helps. But you've had an opportunity in this ministry to advance, 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 until you reign with Christ forever and ever and ever, until you reign through God's righteousness and the abundance of grace over yourself and over everything that Satan has tried to dilute and bring in deception and conspiracy in your soul through the wrong kind of psychic energy. And I've watched believers that have saved 15 years, and I've looked them right in the eye, and they go on and on and on, and they begin to express with all the sincerity of Adam all the adventures of the subconscious. 
And at the end, but I know the truth, of course. Know the truth, of course, and why aren't you implementing it? Ever heard of Proverbs 23.12? Apply the word of God with understanding. That means experiential resources of grace. The difference between the spiritual believer and the carnal believer is in application. Humble appropriation. Meekness and receptivity. Do you understand this? So we're judged for the things done in our body. Don't worry, God isn't going to bring up the garbage as long as you'll deal with it. And if it takes a process to deal with the garbage, that's fine. But Jesus Christ, at the beamer seat of God, wants to be able to say, Sure, you failed, and he's not going to bring that up. And sure, you've had weaknesses, but you've overcome them. And sure, you have sinned, but they are paid for. And he wants you to practice being tuned in by grace through faith to his three divine centers and to his mandate center. His three divine centers are his presence, his power, his knowledge. And as you derive these into the streams of consciousness and the garden is enclosed and the fountain is sealed, Song of Solomon, that means the poison cannot get in. So the objective mind and the conscious mind clean the subconscious and the subconscious has to respond to the river of love and grace and forgiveness and be healed and cleansed and purified and purged. And then in closing, Jesus Christ deposited billions of years ago all kinds of things in your bank account in heaven. Billions of years before you were born, he knew you would be saved. So he put in the bank of heaven with your name on it and the word of God is your bank book and the promises are your assurance and your faith is your signature for receiving what's yours he gave you an inexhaustible supply of love forgiveness he gave you indescribable mercy he provided for you power that's there 24 hours a day drawing from the bank of divine omnipotence and he made it possible for you to be a channel for his redemptive attributes. And so he, through the Spirit, comes down into your human spirit and lets that river flow and the brooks run out into your subconscious, into your unconscious. The unconscious, you're almost conscious of it. You can feel something, but you can't define it. But the subconscious, you can't even feel it. But it poisons you anyway without definition. Now, when this tremendous thing happens, you and I have a brand new self-image. Our identity is an exchanged life. We've exchanged our life for Christ, and Christ gave us his life for ours. And we live an exchanged life, so it's not I, but Christ in Galatians 2.20. And he is our life in 3.4 of Colossians down. When we begin to draw from the exceeding riches of his wealth that he gives to the channels of mercy to the vessels of mercy in Romans 9.23. This bank account is deposited for vessels of mercy on earth and you are called by God a vessel of mercy. And it's all yours as a vessel of mercy. Well, what does it do? It shows the generosity and kindness 
and riches of Christ's glory in his grace throughout all eternity so he gets the glorification maximum for your honoring and receiving the wealth of his riches. So Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.16, especially 17, that they would understand the riches of God's glory and his inheritance in the saints. He prayed in Colossians 1.11 that they would understand it. He prayed in Ephesians 3.17 that they would understand it. He said, don't you know that heaven has your name on a bank account and this is real and you can draw from it and enter into a spiritual format that is a magnificent life where there isn't a single spiritual thing you need from heaven that he will not give you no matter what happens as you are focused on Jesus Christ. He said, I don't want you to be focused on yourself or upon people or upon things. Be focused on Christ. And as you're focused on Jesus Christ, these riches and the wealth of his grace become yours as you write out the signature by faith. It's already yours in your bank account with your name upon it. And this is for the church age. And this is only for the church age. And we are the most fortunate people. Every born-again Christian in the world is the most fortunate person in the world because of his personal net worth in heaven. And God doesn't allow the IRS to tax it. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. What riches we have as believers. It's amazing. When we're not focused on self, as it was said in the message, but focused on Jesus Christ, hasn't God given us all things? Hasn't he been so generous to us? I loved an illustration given this week. Pastor Schaller gave an illustration on Seven Footsteps here in Baltimore, Maryland. And he talked about the communicator of the gospel. You can imagine a person who works and makes a modest living, living their lives, going about their their day-to-day, and they make enough money to, to get by, but they work very hard, and they get a phone call, they get a little note in the mail, and they go into someone's office, and that person has a will from their great uncle that they never knew, and in that will they find out that that great uncle was a very rich man have an inheritance coming to them that's very sizable. And as he's sitting there explaining to them the different assets, the different properties, the different monies that now were not in their possession and they knew nothing about, but now are suddenly theirs. This is the position that we're put in as communicators of the gospel. Ephesians 2.4 says, God, who is rich in mercy, For his great love wherein he loved us. God is rich. God is rich and he has imparted that love to us. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places he's put on our account. He so loved us and did so much for us. 
He gave us a position in his own family. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. We can stand in his presence and petition him. And he hears our cry. So like that person who just never knew what what was available to them. They never knew they had a rich uncle. Just like us, destitute in our sin, caught up in our self-life. We never knew that God would be so rich towards us, that there was a relationship we never knew about that was just waiting for us. This is the wonder of the gospel, that suddenly we realize that it's put on our account, that God loves us, that God cares so much for us, and he desires to impart those riches to us. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Now you may be hearing this and you may not know Christ as your Savior. God desires to be very generous towards you. You may not have thought that way. You may not have known His goodness. You may not have so much of an inkling that He's even thinking of you at all, but He is. And it's through this great love that was manifested on the cross when Jesus died in your place. He was buried. He rose again. He is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And he desires, he has already pre-arranged a way for you to get to know him. He's pre-arranged a way to take you out of the poverty that sin and error and ignorance has put you in and redeem that situation and make you rich. Make you rich with friends. Make you rich with fellowship with other like-minded individuals. Make you rich with peace and love in your heart that passes understanding. To give you an intimate relationship with Him where He would bless you now in this life and then forevermore when this life is done. So... Would you bow your head and pray a prayer with me? Lord, come into my life. Here I am, I'm destitute. I have nothing to bring you. I come with empty hands. Pray that you would wash me, cleanse me. Lord, take what I have, which is my heart. I give it to you freely, knowing that you love me, knowing what you've done on my behalf. I believe in my heart, in your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray you would save me. If you prayed a prayer like that, if you believed, then so much has been written into your bank account in heaven. (laughs) There are now great, great quantities of spiritual life at your disposal. So I urge you to learn what God has done for you. Contact us. We'd love to talk to you and uh, help you in whatever way we can to grow in your new spiritual life. In Jesus' name, we pray these things with thanksgiving. Amen.